Lita, but look on the ASA. My gosh. They're all going against the wind. It was basically a cube with inside of sphere where the points of the cube uh, were touching outside of the sphere. States. It's a worldwide phenomenon. Hi everyone and welcome back to That UFO Podcast. This is the listener call-in show number two. My name is Andy and joining me for this one was Dan. He's not here right now, I'm recording this after I recorded the call-in show. This show went out early access on the new Apple Podcast subscription platform. If you're an Apple user, you can now support the podcast directly for a very, very small amount each month. Depending on what country you are, it's usually a couple of dollars, a couple of pounds, whatever your currency is. You get early access, ad-free, and bonus content on there as well. There's extra stuff like an AMA with myself and Dan, extra stuff from the interviews from George Knapp, Ryan Bledsoe, David Marlar, Sean Cahill, Mark O'Connell and more will be added all the time. You also get access to shows like this early and usually the interviews are up there early as well. If you're not on Apple or if you are on Apple actually you can also get a two-week trial of that as well totally free there's no commitments or anything like that to anything to support the podcast it's all greatly appreciated if you can you can still also sign up to the patreon patreon.com forward slash that ufo podcast gets all the same benefits you also get access to the discord server as well which is a new benefit and there's some cool new merchandise coming out for those who want that sort of stuff as well like i always say and i really do mean this if you can't or don't want to support the podcast in that way absolutely cool the main thing is you're listening i love it when you get in touch leave a review like subscribe spread the word all of the above is absolutely awesome so without further ado folks let's get on with listener call-in show number two next on the line we have rainer joining me and dan rainer how are we doing today doing well gentlemen how are you awesome thank you very much for joining us dan are you doing good too yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm absolutely great. Glad, glad to be joining you guys to talk about. Um, well, all that we're going to be talking about. Well, that's up to Rainer. Rainer, what are we talking it about? Is, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, long time uh, listener, first time caller. Big, big fan of you both uh, on Twitter as well. Shout out to UFO Twitter, uh, all the fam. Um, I actually have a, a book recommendation today. A little off the beaten path. Thought I'd start us off with a little uh, eclectic conversation, but it Go relates ahead. specifically to um, tangentially to Jacques Vallée and Paula, Paula Harris's new book, Trinity. Um, you know, it's a kind of a book. It's a fiction book um, published a, a few years ago. Orson Scott Card, uh, Past Watch is the name of the book. It's sort of a separate the art from the artist situation, but um, specifically like huge future humans are concerned about impending biosphere related doom. Uh, they first find a way to observe history as it's happening. And then they notice that people in the past were actually noticing them, the watchers somehow. Uh, and then the futures, uh, future humans were able to physically enter the past but the resources on that alternate earth were so scarce they could only send three people each to a different time and place on the planet for maximum impact uh, to change the sort of the time stream as much as possible with limited resources. I thought that related specifically interestingly enough to that book Trinity because they talks about how the 
um, the crashes during the you know, first nuclear explosions in New Mexico, where the inference is that the gifted crashes, so to speak, happen then and there for maximum reverberation, uh, reverberation rather, in the time stream. Um, I'm curious to learn your thoughts on that whole general um, kind of topic on sort of future humans coming back and specifically gifting certain you know, crashes at certain periods of time. So I'll, I mean, th- this is definitely Dan's forte more than mine, but I'll, I'll mention the future hook humans thing, right? I, I am a big proponent of that being a part of the phenomenon. I think I've said a few times on the pod, like this phenomenon is, it's an umbrella. There's a lot of things happening, and I definitely don't discount that. With the crashes, yeah, like things at like the Tic Tac for me appear to be like drone drones, and probably don't have anything inside of them, from just my opinion. But these objects that seem to crash, and it's one of those, yeah, why is such great technology crashing? And it's, as Paola and other people have mentioned, they're potentially being gifted. So it's a deliberate crash. So we find the material and the technology. It's the future humans thing, though, for me still with that. Why would we be crashing technology with beings on board, whether they are like clones or robots or, or whatever they may be? I don't I don't know Dan this this is actually a really super interesting question and timely as well because I brought up someone called uh, Michael Masters uh, to, to Andy earlier um, and mentioned that maybe we should get him on to have a chat because he, he, he kind of specializes or wrote a book on on the idea of time traveling humans coming back from the future and he he kind of hypothesizes a few different ideas uh, as to why they could keep coming back but the one that he keeps coming back to is that there's some kind of gene deficiency in the future that we need to come back and correct whether that's caused by climate change or something like that um it it would be a a very very important mission if they were coming back and spending all that energy and resources on on doing this I, i like the idea of it having to be limited to to three people and locations um, I think that's an awesome sci-fi idea and I'm going to pick up that book and, and have a read of it. Yeah. So like what the, uh, the crashes, you know, what would they be seeking to accomplish? Like, what would you, you know, if you're, if you're talking about like genetic manipulation, what would these crashes just by crashing and showing humanity that they're or, or showing themselves as UAP, like how are they seeking to influence us or general? I think, I think it's given us the technology, isn't it? That, okay, here's, it's like us putting a motorbike back in the 1600s. They they are not going to be able to ride it or start it or know what it is necessarily, but can they take parts from it and use that for what would be relevant at their time? It's a little bit of back engineering. Could they work anything out? And it, it's giving us something that, do you know what? What can you do with this? Are you ready to have this yet? How is it going to be used? It, it's it, a, it would almost it's have a cool to be, concept. It would almost have to be like a, a, a puzzle box that as we access different technologies in our kind of march forward in technological progress, we would be able to access, you know, another kind of feature of this, this material that we were given. And I wonder if it's timed like that or, or you know, like Michael Massa says, they, they've come back to introduce a specific gene into us. Maybe there's, you know, disease in the future and they need to protect us against it or something like that, um, you know that that could be a good reason it's it's really interesting to think about though the one thing for me i i'm i'm all for the crashes but i would i would 
I think always go with any crashes that were deliberate to give us technology would potentially be from like an ET or different reality potentially. Future us, I would question why they were crashing technology that they knew would be picked up and given to the hands of the military. So what because you're not going to it's not me and Dan or you Rain are picking this up you know it's not people picking it up in the desert this is always going to fall into military hands yeah. military industrial complex so it's it's a it's a good it's a good question though but yeah in the book so in the book the implication is that they chose like one specific religious incident to recreate or fake or like to generate like a new spiritual path for humanity and they chose one supremely military individual to interact with and to like change this person's destiny and then they chose like one political person's destiny to like recreate or change and so it was just like how can they maximize the impact on the time stream and is it what you've heard of almost before? like um they they kind of had the same understanding that Lou and Chris had that you need multiple pillars to kind of progress at different times so they've gone to the you know the two different types of person there um it, my mind my mind boggles at the possibilities quite frankly yeah. all right i think my job here is done <laughs> listen you, you've got gentlemen. you've got us thinking off the bat so thanks for yeah, that one. yeah absolutely <laughs> it's a pleasure gentlemen thank you awesome thank call. you speak to you again Rena. cheers bye that was a that was a good one dan um i wasn't expecting that that's i mean i would be it's a good one start, man. yeah yeah, the other calls our day were really good, but we were talking about certain subjects. But I'm more than happy to open up to people to to talk about anything. But I think people would probably know by now if someone throws out a random book uh, recommendation or have you heard of this? I'm always going to refer it to Dan. So <laughs> I I always my my mantra is to just generally ignore details and take the broad sweep. So if awesome. he's like a book, I'm like I haven't read it, but yeah, I'm sure it'll give us the lowdown, you know, and you can kind of play with it. Yeah, let's see who's next. That was fun, next up, we have Jared on the line. Jared, how are we doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I am awesome. Dan is also here as well still, Dan. I'm great, thank you. Dan is also unmuted so we can hear him. <laughs> this is good. I-, I love the fact Jared brought this up just before we hit record that uh, he enjoys Dan's silences when he's talking <laughs> when he's on mute but doesn't realize it. So that's great. I'm, I'm trying to promote mindfulness. That. Yeah, I, I love someone's acknowledged that Dan does that. It's it's made my night. <laughs> this is my favorite call already. Um, so Jared, uh, what's your point? What do you want to talk about? Um, I don't know if I really had one other than I just wanted to say that, um, you know, I think it's cool that we're coming together as UFO Twitter, you know, these podcasts, um, you know, we're on Zoom right now from different countries. And I think it's really, you know, I look at history kind of as a long-term view, Um you know, I think it's all these natural or not natural, but man-made borders that we have for nations, you know, the United States, to Canada, to Mexico, um, to the, to the different countries is kind of silly when you take a step back and look at 95% of us are, have so much in 95% of us are exactly the same. There's only that 5% difference. So, you know, I look at this topic as bringing the world together. Yeah. It's a small community right now, but um, that's the thing that I'm most excited about. That reminds me straight away of, you know, when astronauts go to the space station and they say how it just, or, or just go into space or go into orbit and they see the Earth and every one of them says the same thing, that it just totally changes their whole perception of being human and what it means and, 
you just realize actually looking down at the planet wow what what are we fighting about and not to get all you know sanctimonious and world peace and stuff but you know what is the point so dan you'll you'll love a bit of that chat no doubt yeah yeah absolutely um I read Contact recently, and there there was this kind of section in there which talked about uh, the the effect that or the the effect that the idea we're not alone had on the planet. Um, and as we kind of moved into space, one of the things that happened was rich people started going to space stations so that they could kind of get the medical benefits of aging slower and so on and so forth. But what happened was is they all went up and had this same overview effect, and then more than ever they would funneling their money into the world and humanity to help everyone not thinking about these you know arbitrary borders and slightly different skin colors like it's crazy i i find a lot of people in this subject kind of they lean they lean that way and i don't think it's a coincidence you know when we have these school landings and we kind of get these messages like you guys need to come together those those beings have seen us from an outside angle and i really think it's important that we listen I want yeah, to put, assuming... sorry, I want to put Jared on the spot, but Jared, uh, you can ask your question first. Oh no, I was just going to elaborate more on that. Um, you know, assuming that it's extraterrestrial, you know, we don't know what it is. First of all, so I'm not saying that that's what it is, but if it is, their world is probably probably has their stuff together, right? They're probably not warring. They probably don't have 200, 300 different countries within their world. They've they've transitioned beyond that. So that's the only point I wanted to make. So given what you're talking about, uh, you may or may not have heard when I spoke to Lou Elizondo and he's made his comments about what does it mean to be human? What if it weren't mankind, but mankind's? What do you think someone like Lou coming from his background and place of knowledge means by that? Um, could be a couple of different things. So either, uh, you know, very strong possibility is that it's some, it's either us from the future who's figured out um, you know, the space-time continuum and time is just one of those variables and they, they're coming back or either bleeding through or coming back on purpose. So it could be us from the future. Uh, if you look at the multiple reality hypothesis, it could be another version of Earth from the future that's come through. Uh, it could be, you know, you look at the idea of um, transpermia, I think it's called, where different uh, organisms can go throughout the galaxy. So maybe our cluster of the galaxy has the human... DNA and maybe everything within a hundred light years of us has the same cluster of, of organic material that hit it. And there's other worlds out there that are very similar to us. So I don't know, Lou's seen, you know, we all want to think he's seen all of the goods and I don't know if he's hypothesizing, or I think he mentioned uh, something about handprints of a craft uh, on some podcast that makes you wonder if that was just an analogy or not, but uh, you know, any of those possibilities could be it. Dan, what do you think? I, I need it. This is this is my issue with this format. I need to gather my thoughts for a moment. <laughs> I, you go. I'll think. No, no. I'm with the mankind thing. I think I can't help but think that points to it's shit. These beings, or some of these beings or entities, are sharing our same space as in they are literally here on Earth as well, or they are sharing our reality, or when we go knocking on the door with nuclear weapons, that, that ripple through space-time knocks on you know the neighbours. And I'll, I'll just say, I mean, for example, if, if Tenet was a real universe, when we set off a nuclear bomb, does that ripple through to their universe? And it might be running backwards or whatever, who knows? 
and that has an effect on them that they don't like. And I'm wondering if if that's what he's it's something like that. I think Lewis may be getting at, which which interests me. It, it crosses over a little bit with um, a book recommendation that kind of came from Lou, which was Change of the Sea, which is talking about something that was mentioned by Eric Davis, which is the Shadow Biome. Um, and Andy's holding up to the screen. He has his nice hardback copy there. Yeah, um, um, that's great audio content, isn't it? When I hold up something to the screen, and don't see anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, and that book basically deals with another species kind of coming down to Earth and interacting with the, the you know, essentially the alpha species on Earth. And it's not us. It's something that we can't see. And the story revolves around a little kid who can kind of see some of these creatures. But it's really interesting to think about that, you know, what, what if that feeling we're being watched when we're alone isn't just a feeling, right? And and this is where the phenomena kind of starts getting to some some esoteric and and hair raising hair raising uh, aspects, and I, I think this is possibly the bit that could make people a little a little scared, you know. And I'll just say this is where like I, I won't go to this would go way off the beaten track, but you when people talk about ghosts and, and poltergeist activity and that sort of phenomenon like you say the being watched shadow people all that kind of stuff is it a case of when it's talked about being connected it's because these different realities and multiverses or dimensions whatever you want to call them they, they bleed in at different points and that's that's kind of what's happening we're seeing that crossover so that's just but that's for a whole other time i think jared yeah or is like because i um, I'm close to Skinwalker Ranch, as as we talked about before recording. Um, or is it that the beings on the other side of the portal or that reality are more adept at at navigating to the to our reality? Right? Can they can they see a portal and say, okay, you know, I, I need to shift my frequency to the X Y Z, and then I am able to to bleed through? And I, you know- I love that idea, and and. Strangely, you've you've touched on a term that I kind of used in conversation this week, bleeding through, um, because it could turn out that this is an ability, like being able to skip, you know, these realities, dimensions, whatever you want to call them. It could be an ability that is uniquely in their universe and that we won't ever be able to do. Two, well, two things spring to mind for me as well before I let you go, Jared. The first one is, I'll bring the tone down slightly, is South Park when they have the, the prank phone call machine where they can prank dial the past and it's like only they can do that because they're in the future and they can call back which is a great episode and it's really fascinating if you go back and watch it and wonderful take on different religions and stuff as well but also I wonder if some of these craft and again this is the sort of stuff I'm going to be talking with Dan and others on on the what if episodes in some of these craft when you talk about bleeding through and it's a window to our reality can they even necessarily leave these craft you know when they're non-physical are they potentially on something on their end and a quantum leap if you've seen the tv show quantum leap where in one place you're in like a physical chamber or craft or device like a simulator and it allows you to see that other reality but are they necessarily able to come in here all of them and i i wonder that sometimes as well but that's just one of my random thoughts yeah, it definitely puts the onus on whoever is driving the craft, right, or operating the craft. Like if they wanted to get out and say hello, or they could, 
Uh, why haven't they? Or maybe they have, and and we're not believing the people who are talking about it. But I mean, they're they're certainly not landing on the White House lawn. It feels like um, they have a lot more control over this, obviously, than we do. But I'm more on the woo side, and I, I think that as we turn our attention to that and uh, maybe raise our spiritualness as a, a society, then maybe we'll be able to interact with them more. I don't know. Jared, awesome points. Uh, brilliant call again. Thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, and uh, make Thank sure you, next Jared. time we're doing this that you give us a call, okay? Okay, sounds good. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Have a good day, Jared. Yeah. That was an awesome point there from Jared, all the way from Utah. Next up, we have Luke, who is a little bit more local. Luke, how are we doing today? I'm good. Thank you, Andy. Thanks for having us on. No, thank you very much for giving us your time. Dan is with us as well. Dan, you saying hello? Hey, yeah, I'm 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 still here for this call too. Do you know what it is? I'm saying that. That's three times I've said that now. And when people listen to this, they're going to hear me saying this after each Repeatedly, call. Repeatedly, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, just, and I could just probably, assume I'm okay. Yeah, I'll make noise if I'm not yeah, okay. Just assume Dan is here and he is fine, okay, until he speaks. Um, well, but yeah, Yes, and hello <laughs> to you, nice Luke, to meet as well. you Luke. Nice Luke, to meet you too. What you want to talk about today? Um, there was a couple of things that I was just going to talk about in just with regards to um, the recent things that we've got bubbling away under the surface. Um, I was, I'm really personally really excited about, um, NASA, mm. um, and their willingness and openness to want to study like, you know, the, the UFO topic with a, a real, with a scientific eye. Um, what, what for me is interesting about that is that it's, it's going to sort of help to, uh, it, it should be a wake-up call for the rest of the sort of scientific community because it really has a different air of credibility when it's NASA. Um, I just wonder sort of how long it's going to be when they do start reporting their findings, uh, like how long it's going to be before Neil deGrasse Tyson is coming out on social media and disagreeing with what they're saying, if what they're saying they're finding is anomalous. You know what, Luke, let, let me mention that because I'll bring Dan in on this. Now, Dan and I had a private conversation the other day that is no longer private because I'm going to tell you. And <laughs> it was about Neil deGrasse Tyson. And I had the same thing that he constantly disagrees. And it's disappointing because I used to be a really big fan of his. But the more I've got involved in this subject and you see how he talks about it. But Dan had a bit of a... Yeah, Dan had a bit of a different take on the Rogan interview. And he... Dan, I'll let you... What, what were your thoughts on yeah, Neil deGrasse man. Tyson on Rogan? So I really enjoyed the the Rogan interview because I think Neil deGrasse Tyson kind of gets taken out of context a bit. So his his comments sound a lot harsher than they actually are, similar to Brian Cox. Like, I, I don't know if you've seen in the news this week, um, there was an article saying Brian Cox has kind of changed his opinion. And he hasn't really. What, what he's been talking about is the number of exoplanets that could potentially harbor life being so huge in the in, in a universe that's almost infinite that there's bound to be life out there. He's talking about it from a very specific angle, and everyone took that as being a reference to the Navy videos. With Neil, uh, I always mix his name up, DeGrasse Tyson. Tyson yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> with, with NDT, I'll just call him Neil. <laughs> with, <laughs> with, with Neil, um, <clears throat> he, he has a really interesting way of looking at things. And uh, kind of up front, he said he doesn't agree with it, the videos are alien. But he goes on to explain that it absolutely should be investigated, which I think is the most important point because that's what we want everyone to agree on, so we can form a, a you know, a, a proper 
task force to to investigate this stuff going forward. Um, but he also goes into some kind of strange ideas about life from elsewhere. And I really enjoyed it because he, he has such a, a wealth of knowledge that something this strange could only come from someone like him. And he, he proposed the idea that if the species was from a planet that had, say, like um, a thick atmosphere and the plant, uh, sorry, the, the species there made used photosynthesis to survive, then killing another being on that planet for sustenance and to survive would never occur to them. So if somehow they made like flying seed pods and flew through space and came to Earth, they'd be horrified at like this crazy murder industry that we've created and they wouldn't even understand it. And and when I heard him say that, I was like, you know what? I think he's actually on board with this. He's just being very, very careful. I, th- I, th- I do think he has to be careful just because he... <clears throat> the the nature of what he does, um, he has to have uh, a scientific view, and he ne- he needs evidence to say he doesn't want to believe in in some regard as a lot a lot of people do. But what it, it, he di- he's so he disregards the evidence very easily. I think um, I'd get what you're saying, and like the, the interview with Rogan, and because that's point that you were making there was where they were alluding to ET been a photosynthesis based creature wasn't it and that's yeah, why you can hear right. the plants um that's right yeah but i just if the other thing with with the nasa is like if if they've got something that is anom- anomalous like what evidence are they going to bring to the table to to say that it is anomalous and is he going to say well that's a grainy photo nasa that's not good enough you know at where do you, at what point do you draw the line with that do you know, um, it brings at a point, Luke, that I've I've been talking to Dan about, and this is this goes back to the the New York Times headline about you know no evidence of alien technology or alien spacecraft, but we can't rule it out. Different people and different organisations are going to have different interpretations of what is evidence of alien. Because if you're saying this isn't Chinese, US, Russian, or all the above, but it might be something else. Okay, so what is something else? What what's the evidence? And NASA is a really interesting one for me. That if they are going to come into the conversation in a serious scientific way, I posted earlier on uh, SETI's um, post that as a place or an institute like SETI, totally redundant now because they've been searching for a long time and they've found nothing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a lot of money going into going into a vacuum potentially, or as places like SETI needing new leadership in a different direction. Because if it's taken this new administrator, Bill Nelson, to go into NASA, and after one month, this is what he's instigated. It's a new line of thinking, and he's came out and been really open in an interview, and mentioned that he was read into these briefings a couple of years ago as well. Again, it's a fresh way of thinking and a fresh approach and maybe that sort of old boys club what we talk about sometimes in terms of podcasting or ufology or whatever is spread throughout these organizations and institutes as well so places like nasa seti anything else is maybe due for that shake-up and you know at the highest levels congress are we about to get potentially someone running for congress who has this issue at heart as well and, and lou elizondo so i'm i'm really I thought it was a breath of fresh air. It was a very short interview, the two and a half minutes, um, that that clip that we got, and it left you wanting more, but it was very hopeful for me. I don't know what you think about that, Dan. There, there was a, 
a kind of a, a knowing smirk energy to Bill during that interview wasn't there. And I was curious, you know, if he's been, if he was briefed on these, these three videos two years ago, he's definitely been briefed on more since, you know, the, the UAPTF, whether they're working directly with him or not, like they're going to want NASA's archives of data and unknown tracks and things that they've seen. And every single right. anomalous <clears throat> thing in NASA's history is now going to be looked at by this <clears throat> fresh set of eyes. And it's very, very exciting because he could find all sorts and he's clearly up for telling us. Um, just to just to speak to Luke's point about Neil deGrasse Tyson, I, I did forget to say that I do think he needs a major briefing on the whole thing because he just gets details wrong. And he's a busy guy, I get it. But he, he needs to get brief so so he stops saying silly things. Well, the, I was just going to say, well, you you basically touched on one of the things that I, I was also thinking with regards to the NASA stuff because they will have so much historical data for us to sift through before they've even started with things that are happening in the here and now, and you know at what where you know how how are we going to bring that to the front, you know? And and that that for me is fascinating because if it's NASA that's doing this, people should sit up and take it seriously. They really should. And, oh uh, yeah, and I, I've been wondering for a while, like how do, how does NASA leapfrog SpaceX? Because NASA is like this American story, <laughs> right? And and SpaceX is this super rich dude who you know is a little bit entitled. I, I think we it wouldn't be controversial in saying that Elon is that way. But unless I mean, NASA if they can find on the side tech, of a rocket, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that 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 would do it. <laughs> cool. Yeah, uh, no. Look, can I ask you one more thing before we move on to the next call? What are your hopes for the upcoming task force report as we can approach the deadline? Oh, th- there's two voices inside of me, right? There's what what I want is not what I'm gonna get. Uh, my inner I've been into this subject since I was 10 years old you know you know that we've had conversations about this before I want everything I think we should rip the plaster off and tell everything that they know I want to hear about Roswell I want to hear about crash retrievals I want to hear about alien bodies but we're not going to get that so there's a certain part of me that is trying to be a bit more reserved in my expectations um I don't think we're going to get more than what we've already than what has already been alluded to with the New York Times article last week. Um, the the thing for me that I want to that that I'm pondering upon is the line that we're getting at the minute is it's either U.S. tech, which has all but been ruled out, uh, it's China or Russia, or it's something else. Now there's only so long that that part of the conversation can carry on for because if it's not our tech, if it's not our tech, US tech, should I say, um, that leaves Russia or China. So that would mean if they think that there's something Russian or Chinese, what are they doing about that? And at what point do they rule that out? And then at what point do we brace the it's something else conversation and how does that bring out into the public, you know? Brilliant. Look, that's a really good point, mate. Very well made as well. Always a pleasure talking to you. And uh, make sure you give us a ring next time as well, okay? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks very much, guys. Take it easy. And just one more thing, Andy, before you cut us off. Just wanted to say, as like someone that was in from the beginning, 
Like, I'm so chuffed that you're doing really, really good. Like, what you guys are doing with UAP Media, everything, it's brilliant. So just keep doing what you're doing. Cheers, Luke. You, I appreciate come that. back. Thank you, Luke. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> Take it Cheers, easy, mate. guys. Bye-bye. the force be with you. Oh, love it. <laughs> there were some really interesting thoughts from Luke. Thank you, Luke. Next up, we have Fraser. How's it going today, Fraser? Uh, I'm great, thanks. Thanks for having me on. You're very I'll, welcome. I'll say hi you. as well. And we have Andy as well. Yeah, you can say hi, Andy. Yeah, hi, Fraser. You all right? <laughs> hi, Andy. Uh, so what would you like to talk about today, Fraser? Well, a, a couple of things, really. Um, I'm not a massive Twitter user, and I know there's so much information on Twitter that it kind of gets lost, it kind of gets diluted, it kind of, there's a lot of factions and infighting and all that kind of stuff. And I wonder if a clear message is, is, is being lost and it's, it's diluting the message that could potentially be a lot more uh, clear and concise to the lay person. Um, I wonder what your thoughts are on that and on, on the infighting. And a second part to that is, I remember there used to be a program called Rock Family Trees where they would write the family tree of bands and where they were linked with singers and that. And I wonder, would it be quite useful for people that don't know the factions on UFO Twitter to have something like a little family tree of he doesn't get on with him and uh, they support that lot. And, you know, it's just, it's massively confusing. And for somebody that doesn't use Twitter a lot, I think the message is getting lost where it, and it could be a lot more uh, concise and better quality. You know what? I, I would really agree with you there. And what you find oftentimes is like people will bring up some information that was discussed, you know, five years ago when something was put on a shelf and decided it was a hoax. And it'll come back up and things find a whole new lease of life as these different factions kind of start to argue around it. So you're right. That wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, we we tried to it's kind of part of why we started UAP Media UK um, was to kind of you know, have have just a few people that all agree on the messaging and then kind of use that as a base to inform, you know, journalists or MPs and things like that. And then they can land on our website and everything's nice and consistent and there's no infighting, you know. Um, but you're you're right, like the almost like an international version of that is needed that just, you know, like a UFO.com that someone can land on and just see exactly the lay of the land. Andy, what do you think about that? Yeah, it's probably quite timely given some of the things that have happened in the last day or so on Twitter and a lot of it's really petty, Fraser, you're right. I used an analogy at the end of the last podcast, it was one of the updates about how a lot of people, it's like when you, when you first find a band and you find them in like a bar or a club and as they get bigger and better, you kind of lose a little bit of that passion for them because they're not yours anymore and you know, yeah. as, as you two or Oasis go on, you start to get critical of their further on albums the fourth and fifth album aren't as good as the first and it changed our sound and it's not what you were interested in and i think what what i've noticed like especially from like ufo twitter or, or the social media side of it which i've only really been a part of the last kind of year and a half two years um and even until i started the podcast it was very much i just watched i didn't comment on things um you've you've got people for a long time now and it goes right back to to folk from the the 70s and 80s like i spoke to malcolm robinson and you've got proper old school ufologists who want mostly no part of the the social media or the if you want to call it younger crew or whatever it might be kind of coming up because they do the same book tours with the same people and the same they've got the same crowd you know and they talk about the same cases 
And then you've got people who maybe started out on the social media side of things, almost pioneering it. Who and I'll like Andreas Freeman style, like our our friend Adam, who was one of the first guys on there as like a UAP activist, and he was actively promoting and pushing certain agendas. And I don't mean agenda in a negative way. And you had a whole crew who who now see this flooding of of new folk online. And I suppose that includes people like me who started a podcast in the last year. Every other day, there's a new podcast or a new YouTube channel, or and it's are they all necessarily in it for the right reasons? And that's like fake accounts and people having alternate accounts and all that kind of stuff as well. I think it is that, like I say, going back to the band analogy, people are just they come in at a point and they enjoy what they're a part of, but as it changes and evolves and it's changing and evolving so quickly, they don't always necessarily like what it becomes and they have an instant dislike to the change or some of the people that get involved. And I think it's just that 2020, 2021, like I'm 35 and I don't get TikTok, right? And I keep getting told, oh, you should push onto TikTok and do it. No, I've got no interest in it. And Dan's nodding, I've tried it. I don't get it. And I don't, that's not me. Oh, I'm old now. Maybe it is, right? But, you know, the charts aren't as good as they were when I was a kid. But there's just certain platforms I don't want to get involved in because the tone of the conversation or the direction of it is totally different to what I'm interested in. And it goes back to your point on, like, you know, does the message get lost? Yeah. And, but I think everyone's got a voice now and especially on, on platforms where you're, you're almost anonymous, obviously having the podcast and my name's out there. People know me, people can find me on different platforms, but when you've just got a random Twitter handle of whatever it might be, you know, UFO guy one, six, five. I mean, if that is someone high, you know, but it's probably not, I'm just picking out. I just found my alternate account. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, like it's going back to, there's a lot of conversations in the UK and about sports just now and anonymous accounts and people don't have that accountability to, for their actions or what they say so you get a lot of people just name calling and going into these little factions like you say setting up private groups i get invited into a few of them and uh, there was nothing particularly untoward i just don't necessarily contribute or take part in that kind of stuff so that's where i've tried as best i can especially having the podcast taking a step back and talking about the things i'm interested in i'm particularly interested in what's happening right now because it's massive and I think in years to come, it's going to be a time we step back and look back on and go, in a couple of years, a lot happened. A lot of information came out. A lot was spoken about. There was some noise amongst all the chatter, but I don't think we maybe appreciate right now how much information we're getting. And I think you're right that within all forms of social media, UFO Twitter being the biggest one, a lot of the message gets messed up and and kind of spread out. So. I know I've rambled a bit there, but I hope I've kind of made my point relatively clear for for anyone listening. Yeah, I think I think when I I started my interest in the whole subject donkeys years ago through my late father-in-law reading his old Eric von Daniken books and, and stuff like that, and there was there was quite a small amount of information out there, and now there's some amazing evidence coming out over the past couple of years of videos and photographs. Um, and all that kind of stuff. And I just think you, you you see some Twitter streams and then all of a sudden a random picture will come up and you think, well, that looks, that looks really good. Where's that? What's the context? Where's it from? And it kind of maybe going on to my next point is my fear is that the this report is going to be pretty sterile. I think um, I don't think I don't have particularly high expectations for it, but 
I don't understand what the US government's hang up is, even by just show us something good quality. There, there must be unbelievably good quality stills or video out there. There will be, definitely. Just release one or two. Release one or two. Just say, look, we have found this. This is what it is. We don't know what it is. I, I just don't understand the massive hang up uh, that they have. And um, I'm certainly not expecting much to come out of it. Um, and, I, and I know having listened to your podcast over the past few months, there's some very different opinions about um, who's expecting what uh, and what quality. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be disappointed if it's sterile, but that's what that's what I think it's going to be. Just show us something decent. Yeah, I think, like yourself, I'm erring on the side of caution, but what gives me a bit of hope is people at Lou Elizondo have came out and said that they are prepared that if this is whitewashed and really sterile, as you put it, they have contingencies in place for that. So I'm I'm hopeful. It's like, okay, good that it's not a case of this comes out and it's there's nothing to see here, folks move along, which I think we're getting indications that won't be the case too much. Mm-hmm. But people at Lou and Chris Mellon are ready to go, okay, here's the next part of the conversation then. Does that mean you get a black triangle UFO photograph released that's talked about? Or, I mean, as we are talking about 10 minutes ago, Stephen Greenstreet on Twitter has posted a video, like you say, and, um, of a fighter pilot chase or being chased by what looks like a sphere in the sky but apparently it's just leaked from the department of homeland security and he's got details on there it's literally just while you're in the waiting room phrase and i was checking it out um but it's apparently been filmed by someone's mobile it looks like filming a screen or unless again it's one of these teams that's gone in as we discussed happened with the omaha incident Mm -hmm. is it the viper team and they've gone in and someone's filmed the screen basically and it's got an object chasing a fighter pilot that's all that's on there just now. Stephen Green Street's put out saying, what do we know about this? He's got a little bit of detail of when it was from. But like you say, it's stuff like that you see and go, that looks really great. And we'll probably find out really quickly, is that part of stuff being leaked that we keep hearing about? Or is it going to be, actually, no, this was a nothing. It's just another jet in the background in the distance. And yeah, but there's a lot of, a lot of good stuff gets, gets kind of lost in the wash, I think, just now. I just... It's, it's constantly disappointing. I think Jeremy Corbell and um, George Knapp and Lou and all those really high-profile guys are, are sort of drip-feeding little bits and bobs. And you would just think, somebody just come out with something good quality that hasn't been filmed by a potato, you know, and and just acknowledge it. We're, we're not expecting you all to say, here's the hangar full of bodies and there's a sports model and, and this is what we've done so far. But some kind of mature acknowledgement and not sort of treating us like a bunch of halfwits that would all of a sudden start running around panicking because we all know it. We've seen it. And, and that's going back to my start, the start of the interest. I mean, these things must've been happening for centuries and centuries because the evidence is there in any number of, of old, uh, you know, pictures, buildings or, or whatever. Um, and the fact that they weren't distracted by UFO Twitter and Netflix and all that kind of stuff, and they had the time to sort of watch stuff up in the sky. So, uh, yeah, I, I just think a more mature approach of of the US and UK government to it would be um, most welcomed, I think. I, I think you're right. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting that, you know, we started talking about, you know, the hoo-ha on Twitter that always happens. Um, and now we've got here because I, I think they're kind of connected in a way. Like the lack of information just leads to so much speculation 
that everyone mm-hmm. just starts fighting. And mm-hmm. part of me thinks that the slow drip feed is so that we can kind of have it out with each other and kind of, you know, decide on something. But ultimately, the decisions that come from us on social media, you know, if I convince you that my ultra terrestrial hypothesis is correct and your time travel one is incorrect, that doesn't mean that's what it is, right? So it, it's almost a, a little bit a little bit of a non-starter. And and I, I would agree with you. I think more information would be a good thing. More information would stop the speculation and this fighting. Um, and then people would be accountable to what's been happening. Fraser, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'll just before I let you go, okay, we'll bring Ash on next. He's been waiting quite a while as well. And I know you were waiting. It's I appreciate you all hanging fire. It's been busy. But I think, and people won't nec- a lot of folk won't necessarily like this view. I don't like it, but I think a lot of the reason we get the drip feed is because this is the way it has to be for the 99.9% that aren't necessarily interested in this subject. I think mm-hmm. people like us that have followed it for a long time and looked at it and are, are more open-minded and even ready to be proved wrong in the sense that what you thought was wrong but here's what's actually happening you'd write okay and you can immediately change tack to write okay this is this is what's going on it's different planet different reality different dimension people living under the sea whatever it might be right just throwing stuff out there and we could we could deal with that and use that as the conversation in the direction we have to go in but i think it's for the rest of the general public where it's just got to be little bits and pieces that they can literally show and go We've now been talking about this for a few years and the news reports get a little bit more serious each time to the point CNN and Fox now on a daily and weekly basis, particularly in the US, have got guys like Lou, Chris, Sean on talking about this. They've got senators being asked about it. The NASA administrator coming on interviews and talking about it quite openly that he's instigated investigations. I think it's it's one of those things, like I said earlier, we'll, we'll look back eventually, hopefully, and it might be a case of still further years down the line, but look and go, do you know what? Between 2017 and 2022, 23, look what happened. Here's the timeline of what went on. Hopefully, mm-hmm. that's that's what I kind of hope anyway. All right, cheers. Thanks for your time. Anytime, Fraser, you. please call in again next time, okay, mate? I will. Thanks for your time. Have a nice evening. See you Thanks, later. Fraser. Bye. Cheers. Um, great call there from Fraser, and uh, Dan made the point as well. He was going to ask, but we didn't have a lot of time. Uh, wish we could have spoke a bit longer, but it makes you wonder about UFO Twitter, and is it intimidating for some people? Because someone like Fraser there, who's very eloquent and well-spoken and understands the subject, probably would contribute quite a lot, but seems to not, because he just he just looks at the nonsense and you know the BS that goes on in the social media side of it and stays away so um but yeah really good points from fraser next up who's again been waiting a while it's been great to see how popular this has been we have ash ash how we doing yeah good thank you um yeah really really happy to be on and look forward to speaking with you guys uh, well deserved uh, being on because you've been waiting long enough as well uh so ash uh, without further ado what do you want to say to myself and dan well i just thought um with the upcoming uap tf report I was thinking, you know, what does that mean from a UK perspective? Because I know a lot, a lot of UFO Twitter and a lot of what was discussed is obviously very US centric, which is, you know, obvious due to, you know, their current interest in the subject. Um, so it was really, you know, I don't know if you guys were aware of this, but back in 2016, there was a report that was sort of surfacing around about the potential of a sort of hidden MOD UFO desk that had continued um, post the 2009 closure. I don't know if you're aware of that. Dan? That, oh, uh, there we go. Remind me, what was the name? 
Well, it, it was allegedly, there was no name of the unit, but allegedly it was sort of like moved to Seven Soho Square in London and was potentially now under the mm-hmm. command of an American colonel. Um, you know, so my, my theory is that, you know, was this sort of sucked up by ATIP? You know, did they did they kind of like hoover this up? Um, it's allegedly been funded by the US. And I know from conversations I've heard, you know, Lou Elizondo speak about and Tom DeLong and Jeremy Corbell over the last couple of years, interviews they've been involved with, you know, they've kind of alluded that the UK are still involved, but not kind of gone any further than that. So it's just a, just an interesting point um, around that that news article. It's just... the, the UK are definitely um, sitting back, aren't they? <clears throat> and like the BBC haven't even come into it until the last week. And then we just get like two little reports and one article kind of stating what's happened. But it doesn't really dig into it like that Telegraph piece did. Um, I, I think the the special relationship as we like to call it on our side um certainly for me indicates that we probably defer to our big brother um you know if, if that desk was real i i would say that your your theory is probably correct that they went you know what let's centralize the efforts we don't need this one over here let's bring it over here um i don't know whether that's true or not i'm not talking from you, you know knowledge um but it's it's a very curious thought especially since we know that these these UAPTF reports of the past few years went on to NSANet, so they were accessible from, you know, UK apparatus. Um, so, yeah, it makes you wonder, right? Oh, definitely, yeah. And, I mean, and the, the good thing about this was that apparently there was cited in the article that it was inadvertently published in the MOD's own magazine that this office had been moved. Now, I've tried my hardest to try and find this this printed because, obviously, that would be huge if we could find that. That would actually... You know, corroborate that you know things have been going on sort of hidden away and that this public closure of the ufo desk is kind of you know that's that's not true it's just it's just gone underground um so it was called defense focus the mod's magazine and here's a really interesting point i'm not alluding that you know anything has anything fishy or underhand has gone on but if you go on the national archive website bear in mind it was 2009 that this closed this this de- the public facing ufo desk the one that nick pope you know worked for back in the day um if you look on the National Archive website, you can't actually find any of the Defence Focus magazines for 2009, apart from two months. The rest have all gone. The earliest you can get off the government website is 2011. So where, where are all the ones before that? And that, that would be, that, that's just an interesting... That's really point. interesting. I, I wonder if they're in that last release we have to go that got delayed 70 years. I wonder if it got sucked up into that pile. I'm, I'm going to bring this up with uh, Graham Randall because I, I think he's the guy to ask on this. He spends a lot of time in those archives. There you go, yeah, Andy. Just made wrote down Graham, Graham <laughs> Randall on a post-it note. I was like, Graham will be all over that. Uh, if he was, I, I think I think Dave as well. Yeah. yeah. It's just really interesting. I mean, particularly when you look at like Project Condyme, you know, the report in 2000 that was issued and the kind of yeah. the executive summary and what was suggested at the end of that you know, you, you said UAPs, are, you know, the fact that they're, they're an observable presence and it's indisputable, you know, and they said they suggest further research into novel military applications and that these have been sort of briefed to MOD technology managers. You're not telling me they've just sort of suddenly stopped that and, and not taken that further. It just, it, yeah, I, I, I don't see it. I, I've had guests, um, and I'll say British ones because it's not people jump to Lou Elizondo and stuff straight away probably, but I've had British guests say to me that they're, 100% certain that UK still has an involvement. When we say MOD desk or UFO desk even, I think you think back to the Nick Pope job or role, which obviously has had a lot of scrutiny over the past couple of years and more of an administrative role than UFO hunting, as may have been made out in the press. Um, 
I, I think that, yeah, what you're saying to me sounds very much the plausible way of going that the UK has an involvement. Wouldn't be shocked if it was because the US were taking charge of it or steering it. Um, I think the UK are better keeping lids on these things because it's not something they want to talk about anyway. It's not very British, is it, to talk about UFOs and aliens and stuff, as we as we know and we've talked about quite a lot. Not the moment. Not the moment. We'll not yet. Do you know what? Yeah, that's right. I, I keep saying that, but I need to remember. Like it's it's changed a little bit recently. I mean, I mean, somehow I ended up on BBC Radio, um, getting phoned about it, and I got a call again last week from another BBC radio station asking me to go on, and I I couldn't at the exact time they wanted, um, but they wanted to talk about the UFO stuff from the, and that's why they, they usually word it the UFO videos from the US, right? But they're they're looking to have that conversation now, um, and obviously the BBC have reported on it, Newsnight reported on it. Dan called into talk radio after Sean Cahill had been on yeah. and made a very eloquent point as well on air. The conversation is changing, you're right. I, th- I think here in the UK, very slowly, we're way behind the US and other countries as well. But I, I've said before, I think the UK absolutely still has an involvement. And I am really interested to see the UK's position after January, uh, after June, sorry. So July onwards, as and when the report comes out. Not that it's going to be disclosure or here are the aliens, but even if it comes out, and I was saying this on the last call, Ash, if it comes out and it's it's a big nothing burger, which is worst case scenario, people at Luella Zondo have commented how they have contingencies in place for that and people shouldn't worry about if they try and put the cat back in the box. So again, if the conversation is going to continue, the UK have to get on board at some point officially. So, But that's that's pretty interesting. That's one for, for Graham and Dave, I think, to chase up on their end, Dan, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if Graham probably has, you, you know, it's the kind of thing you'd say to Graham and he'd go, I have this file on hand. <laughs> Graham remembers. Uh, Graham will have memorised all the, uh, the magazines off by heart. For sure. But it's a good example of how we can lift each other up, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you, you found something there that we weren't familiar with. We now know about it. We have a, you know, a great resource in Graham and we can go to him. And I'm sure we'll carry on this conversation about what you brought up and we'll dig in other places because of it we we can all help each other in this information age i don't think it's a coincidence it's happening as you know computers kind of came together and information was made accessible instead of us all having to fly to america to look at something in an archive um we're all able to share and help and i i you know you know just because i think the last call was about friction in ufo twitter i i think it's nice to that this highlights how we can lift each other up and help the conversation Definitely. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I, I think, yeah, it's all too easy to focus on the negatives that's going on on Twitter. But, you know, yeah, it's like, you know, pulling that resource from from the, from the everyone, you know, everyone involved. It's, it's a great tool. It really is. Before I let you go, Ash, and move on to the next call, can I just ask, what are your hopes for the upcoming task force report? What are you expecting? Yeah, I don't think we're, I don't think there's any been anything massively like revealing. But even if it introduces us to a few cases that perhaps people hadn't weren't aware of, and it encourages new people into the subject and gets you know new people asking questions, and I think that's a massive positive. And yeah, I mean we've already spoke about UK, but what if just just ponder this? What if there are a couple of cases in that report that involve British citizens? You know, I think that puts the UK government in a really tricky situation. They're going to have to start taking you know this matter a bit more seriously, at least publicly, and and people are going to start asking questions. So I'd like to see some cases in there um, that, that have British citizens involved so that we can start pushing things a bit more in the UK. 
Awesome. Brilliant points, Ash. Uh, great speaking with you again. Thanks for hanging on uh, as, as long as you did beforehand as well. And next time, give us a ring, OK? Yeah, perfect. Thanks, guys. Speak soon. Cheers, Thank Ash. Bye-bye. Nice to meet you. Thank you. There were some great points from uh, from Ash. Thank you for coming on, Ash. Next up, we have Mark. Hi, Mark. How are you doing? Hi, Dan. I'm fine. Thanks, you. I'm great. Thank you. We, we have Andy with us as well. He, he hasn't gone anywhere. Are we still good, Andy? Yeah, I am still. I am still good. It's uh, it's getting on here. That's over two hours of recording now. I mean, this show is not going to be two hours long, but we've been we've been chatting to everyone as they've came on beforehand as well. And I think we're meeting a lot of people for the first time. That I know I've spoken to a lot of you, you guys on Twitter and and everything as well. Yeah. So it's been lovely to speak to people and and kind of chat before and after and stuff. So, and again, I'll say thank you because this is going out in the future, um, which will now be the present if you're listening to this. Ooh. Uh, but to everyone who has hung fire, because some people have been waiting nearly an hour to, to come on. So thank you, everyone who has who has waited. And Mark, you've done that as well, mate. So um, yeah, what points you. did you want to make? Well, I mean, I'm, you know, the floor is yours. I mean, you, you fire some questions to me, if you like. And uh, we'll, I mean, the disclosure thing, obviously, uh, at the moment, and the, the potential report coming up is the most salient thing at the moment i guess isn't it absolutely mark so we've had a real mix of opinions on the report we've had the, the breadth of expectations where do you sit on what what is going to come out and what would you like to come out realistically good question i mean if i'm if i'm being totally honest I, i'm not very hopeful um of anything i i think the report is not that's as this sounds not really aimed at the likes of us who are really into the subject, um, I don't think it would give us anything new. I think it's for the people who are, you know, almost like passers-by on the subject, who will look at a headline um, and, and, and that's their only interest. They're not deep delving into the subject like, like we are. I, I think the report is, is going to be for them and it'll, I honestly don't think it'll tell us anything new. And, um, I mean... <laughs> In their defence, what what can they say to the public? If there's a classified annex, which I, I knew there was talk, or this potential talk of that being the case, I think yeah. that's where the meat on the bones will will really be. But we probably won't see that. And and for you, what that's that's all perfectly reasonable, and I, I I agree with you that I think it's not necessarily going to be for us. I think there will be little bits of interest in there. We might have to do some digging to find them, but. What realistically do you think would be the best case scenario? And I say realistically because best case would be here are where the bodies are and here's the crash debris. We're <laughs> not going to get that. But what what do you think we could realistically get in a best case scenario? I, if I'm being honest, I would probably like to think that this is just almost like a preliminary report, if I can get my teeth in. And... Um, Maybe six months down the line, something with a bit more, a bit more a hit to it, shall we say? I, I, I mean, 180 days. I think that's right. 180 days. I, I don't think that's that's not long enough, is it? Really, and it's almost like a, a paper exercise, really, uh, um, to tick a few boxes, possibly, and for something a bit more, a bit more realistic. Um, I think you probably look at maybe another six months before. Give them give to be fair to the people doing the report. Give them a chance to get something decent done. Um, and as I say, this to be a preliminary report, and six months hence, something a bit more meaty. Dan, bring you in on that one. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree. Um, <clears throat> we, we've seen kind of a shift in action um, with the, the comment from the NASA director um, who's just been installed. And we know that he's pretty new. So if he's going to be helping by, you know, shoveling NASA's data to, to this pool and this repository that they're studying, uh, we, we know that he's been doing that very recently. And I imagine with the changing of the guard in America, you know, they had an election recently that a lot of positions are like this. So whilst people in, in those higher positions aren't necessarily sharing now, I think, or in the past, I think they're going to start to. So I think, yeah, you're right. I think we'll, we'll see something preliminary um, that kind of whets the appetite. And then in six months after everyone's kind of go going, you know, I want to be a part of this conversation, like we're seeing it blow up. Um, I think we'll see something much more substantial come from a bigger pile of data. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it, if, it, if it maybe encourages a few people out, for want of a better phrase, uh, who want to who want to join the party, a lot of cliches there, but uh, who want to join the party, they might think, mm, yeah, okay, if so and so's doing it, well, yeah, okay, I'll I'll come on and say my piece. Yeah, um, absolutely. It might encourage a few more people, and if it does that, because I don't know if I'm right in saying you probably you guys know much more than me, but the person who's doing the report is quite new to the post. Is that is that right? We, we had a changeover in January, yeah. I think, wasn't it? Um, but that person has, you know, Lou Elizondo has said that he has a lot of experience in kind of dealing with pulling lots of disparate bits of information together. Um, so though he's new, um, I think he's quite skilled. And also, I think it's worth remembering that even though one person is kind of given the, you know, the, the sword and pass to go forth and speak to all these different high ups. Um, he, he's going to be kind of deputizing and telling people in certain places to go do certain things for him. So I think the manpower kind of there, it sounds like it's one or two people, but I think actually it's kind of spreading, you know, a bit and, and there's a bit more all hands on deck helping that guy kind of get this thing together. Yeah, I'm with you there, Mark. On if it opens the door at the end of the report for more people to get involved, more funding, a permanent task force to be set up, another report to come out down the line, then I don't think we could ask for much more. Mark, we'll need to leave it there because yeah. we're going to move on to Dave. No Dave's been waiting a while as well. Oh, it's been a pleasure to speak to you as well for the first Thank time, you, Mark. Mark. So make sure you get in touch next brilliant. time we, we're doing this, okay? Yeah, brilliant. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Cheers, Mark. Thank Have you, Mark. a good it's night, mate. Keep up, keep up the good work. Thank you. Thanks for that, Mark. And next up, we have Dave. Dave Smethers, who sends me in a lot of questions to the podcast that I mention regularly. Um, he's one of the long-term listeners as well, and very much appreciated. Dave, welcome to the pod. Hi, welcome to you both. It's, uh, it's really good to be here, actually, to talk to you both. Very good. Yes, again, nice to speak to you. Uh, listen, Dave, you have been in regular contact with me and it's always nice hearing from you like with the listeners and letting us know what you thought of different guests and everything as well. So the floor is yours for a change. What what do you want to talk about? Well, like a good lad, I've done my own work and I've done I've tried to get to the topics that you actually said, actually. So the main thing I was going to talk about was what I want to see from the, you know, the, the upcoming report. And I've got a sort of long list of maybe things that will be in, some of which I don't think will be, and then a bottom line. So I'll go through it. You just dive in if you want to at any time. But, so I'll just go through the list and see what you think. 
The first one I'd like to see is confirmation. It's not ours and it's not foreign tech. And if they give us a percentage chance of that, you know, I it's 90%, well, sure they are. And they might put some historical evidence in that. That might be quite interesting, you know, how that relates to evidence from the past. You know, these things have been seen 50 years ago, like Lou did recently on that, uh, I think it was CNN interview. So, well, it's been flying yeah. for... Let's, uh, next let's pick up, let's yeah, pick up. I'll, I'll do that one at a time then. First one, Dan. So I think that's absolutely what I'd like to see, that, that it's not... Earthly origin's not going to be the word, is it? But we want to see it's not US, not Russian, not Chinese. We don't think this is man-made. It's something else, or at least the possibility. I don't know how likely we would be to get a percentage in that sort of report. I think what you'd be likely to get is the wording of it's likely something else or there is a possibility and i think for me though that would be mind-blowing that if you've got an official government document to the public with a fanfare and a media response that it's going to have which has just a line that says and i've said this before on the podcast haven't i like there is a possibility this could be alien technology something else a new type of phenomenon something like that that just opens the conversation up to we have to consider this possibility I think the mainstream media will latch on to that massively. What about you, Dan? I, I agree. Um, <clears throat> having anything in there that suggests it wasn't made by humans as we know them, um, I'm being careful my language there, but having having any of that suggested is huge. And if, if someone thinks that the UAPTF report coming out and only alluding to that is a nothing burger, step back and see the bigger picture like the ketchup's out of the bottle everyone's covered in it you know there's no shower to wash it off it's we're, we're on this train yeah i mean i mean that's right isn't it because you could even see that now just with that admission now uh you can see the newscasters going in for it because once they've eliminated it's quite obvious it isn't foreign tech well i think it is once they've talked through it, there's sort of this embarrassed silence after five seconds. I think, well, what could it be then? You know, it's clearly something that is other. If it, no matter what the other is, it's something that's got a big logistical capability. It can operate worldwide. You know, it can fly around with impunity. It's got technical superiority. I mean, whatever it is, it's something fairly significant. And that's even implied now with the questions now. So I think, yeah, I agree. And I agree when I listen to it on the podcast. I think that was mega significant, you know. I think what well, it, it, that is the main thing, really. I mean, it is my wish list. That's why I put percentages in because I thought I'd nail them down. But you're right; there's no chance to give a percentage. We'll be lucky if they give us if they're not ambiguous with how they say yeah. it anyway. I yeah. Have thought. yeah. Right. I'm I, I think next some to- some people would almost like a you know a checklist going from was it a bird was it a goose like real yeah. hot hand holding for some people yeah. you know i won't mention yeah. names but yeah <laughs> well we won't go there well, because i've done many blood pressure but i've got i'll keep picking your vapor up here, you know i think i'm like some crap sort of smoking man you know risk of us smoking on here <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> Anyway, uh, skip me next one because I don't think that. What I was going to say was, and they're never going to say this. Uh, and it would be, what's the most likely explanation? Crypto, ultra, or ET? Uh, and is it one thing or different things? Now I know there's no chance to say that, but can you imagine if they did? 
well, we think it's probably 60% crypto because, you know, we've got this the base, you know, and, and Catalan Islands and, well, Ultra maybe, but it's doing our heads in a bit. Oh, an ET could be, but mm, we're not really keen with that anymore, you know. So that would be, but I don't think they'd ever go there with what they thought it was because that's the next question, isn't it? Everybody's going to ask, I think. So, so anyway, the, the next serious one would be if you give an overview of the extent of what UFO information is held and what percentage they've managed to see. Now, again, they probably won't see that, but it'd be interesting if they set a scope of what they've actually been able to go through so far. And I would, they might have to give some sort of assessment just because to anticipate the question some of the Congress people will ask or the Senate senators might ask. So that'll be interesting to see if that's in there. I don't know what you think about that. Dan? Yeah, that, that would be... <clears throat> The, the scope would be an interesting thing because at least then we know what history they've looked at and what companies they've looked at and what departments they've looked in. You know, have they been to the DOE or did the DOE not comply with their order? So I, I think that would almost make make the people who haven't complied accountable to, to the yeah. people who get to, to elect their officials, you know? Yeah, 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 and just conscious quickly, that yeah, I'll, on, I'll, I'll like I liked your previous point as well about the the crypto ultra stuff. That won't be in this report because that's the language that we're used to, and yeah, yeah, they will be nowhere. I would love to see it. I know that's what you're saying. You'd love to see it, like, <laughs> yeah. but that's the language that is way way down the line. I think so. That's do you when, when you get to something else being the likely outcome? I think that's when you start to dive into what does something else mean. So you think they're just yeah. going to write their angel? He went there. Potentially, yeah. <laughs> Chris, Chris Bledsoe with uh, right, yeah, I was the ghostwriter there. But uh, yeah, it was interesting. Uh, there was a guy, I can't remember his name. I do know his name because I can't remember the moment. He, he said that, I think it was on CNN again or something. He, he sort of mentioned, because it was in the twi Twitter where people were writing about it, he mentioned it might be interdimensional. Everybody's going, oh my God, somebody said that on mainstream TV. And, I know the guys now. I know the guys quite stuff. And that was the only time I've heard anybody even remotely go there, you know, about the thing we're talking about now. Because I think it's so freaky people without an half hour explanation. But it's, it's just, it's too difficult, I think, for them to go there. Uh, it's, anyway. And Dave, do me a favour, pick one more, your best one that's left. Yeah, 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 we'll yeah right. Okay, I think there's a loads of them. Uh, but I think... What I would like to see them talk about, if they would go for it, is uh, I think I want them to see a long-term working group to suggest that. But clearly they are going to do that in some way. But I wonder if they're going to suggest some sort of Senate hearings. That's why I'd real love to see that as part of the package. Because I think they've got to do some sort of truth and reconciliation sort of hearing like they did in South Africa for people to come forward. I think that's, it. that's a trial and testing model. You know, they've got some precedent for that. Dan's how it would like work. It. Dan's liking yeah. that one. Yeah. I, I absolutely love that point. Because yeah. the only people who can show us the faults with the system are the people who took advantage of them. And sure, we can look at them and, and we can be angry at them about it. Yeah. Um, but we can also realize that they, they almost were suckered into these systems too. The military-industrial complex that we were warned about is we weren't one because it was, you know, this 
benign, really kind thing, yeah. we were warned because power manipulates and twists people. We know that. Yeah, so yeah. if anyone's kind of gone mine with this stuff and kind of kept it to themselves, I I think they're a victim of circumstance and we need to show a bit of empathy mm. for their role. Yeah. And it was the only way in South Africa, it was the only way it was sort of cathartic for everybody that it could yep. come through it together and sort of everybody was confident in what had been said and it was a new baseline. And I think that's probably very important, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, Dave, listen, it has not been long enough, but it's a pleasure to speak to you. Uh, it's great to speak to we'll you make guys. Sure you get on earlier as well, uh, so you can have a little yeah, bit yeah. longer because you were waiting quite a while in the room. So uh, good yeah. speaking to you, Dave, and uh, yeah. absolute pleasure. Keep the questions coming in as well. Yeah. Pleasure Thank to speak you, to you guys as well. See ya. Cheers, Dave. Bye. Cheers. Bye. And from Dave, we go to another regular listener, long time, I was going to say contactee, but that probably is the wrong terminology to use, but he contacts <laughs> me regularly because I've been speaking to Barry for about a long time. Uh, so uh, welcome, Barry. How are you doing? Yeah, good, mate. How are you? You all right? Brilliant. Yeah, very good to speak to you as well. And of course, we've still got Dan with us. Dan, you still good hanging in there? Yeah, I'm all good. This is uh, this is really great. I'm really enjoying hearing pe- what's on people's minds, and I'm looking forward to hearing what Barry has brought us. Yeah, there's, yeah, been, yeah. A, there's been a high standard so far. So, Barry, you're going to keep yeah. the high standard, or are you lowering the tone? More pressure. <laughs> <laughs> what what's uh, what's on your mind then, Barry? So yeah, I think um, the UAP um, task force report coming up um, on or before the 25th of June. I think. That um, will more like a, a report light rather than the big disclosure event that everybody's looking out for, looking looking forward to. I think it may beef up some some stuff we already know. But two, two minutes, Barry, two minutes today, uh, it was into that that it may Barry, reveal that hear at of... least NHI, non-human intelligence, may come out or be used in the report. Oh, Barry, um, do, me, do me a favour. Can you hear me? Okay. Earlier on. Can you hear um, me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You I, your audio went really, really bad. Your, your audio went Sorry, really mate. bad. I'll, no, uh, no, no. I'm sitting over here might make a difference. I, I was yeah. trying. I was trying to talk to you. I was trying to talk to you from the start, but. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. Okay. Right. I, I tell you what, do um because if it's the the connection, Barry, I'll um I'll stop your video, right? Okay, and see if that makes a difference to the audio. Yeah. Yeah. Two seconds. I'll see if that makes a difference yeah. to the audio, right? Because we're not releasing video yeah. anyway. Two ticks. Can you still hear me? Yeah, I can still hear you, pal. Magic. Cool. Two seconds. Dan, will it make a difference if we stop ours for this for him on his end? Bandwidth? No, not at all. I can. I'll do the same thing. Yeah. Cool. Right. We'll we'll uh, turn our videos yeah, off just because that might help your connection as well, Barry. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no Let's do it. Two seconds. Boom. Right. Cool. Uh, that's fine. It's recording still anyway, Barry. So again, we'll just go with uh, when you're when you're good, Barry. So what's on your mind? Yeah. So. Um... I was uh, obviously looking at the UAP uh, task force report that's due due out uh, on or before the 25th of June. Um, 
I'm not sure it's going to be the big disclosure event a lot of people are hoping for. I think it's going to be um, sort of a report light uh, due to it being underfunded, undermined. Um, you know, undermined. Um, people like Louis Elizondo have hinted that it's been done in someone's own time uh, with not enough resources. So it's interesting that the IG has got involved now uh, off the back of uh, Lou's um, off the back of Lou's complaint letter. Um, and yeah, um, I've heard today at some point uh, that. Um, it may mention um, non-human intelligence, which would be fascinating, and that would be humongous if that that is true. Um, uh, but I think really it'll just beef up a lot of what we know already, um, and maybe the odd thing will be in there to surprise us. Up and wrong up, it is it is more than that. Um, but I can't see that at the moment. But there might be one or two surprises in there. Now, the, the non-human intelligence, we were just talking about that on the, the last call as well with Dave, that's language that would be incredible to have in that report as well. But yeah. you talk about, obviously, what, what may or may not be in there in surprises. Building up to this moment, yeah. how how do you feel guys like Lou Elizondo and Chris Mellon have gone about getting to this point? Do you think it's been quite tactical how they've got to this point? Yeah. Yeah, 110%. It's been very strategic. I mean, if you if you look at Chris Mellon's interviews recently, he's only done a few. Um, he's one with Joe Rogan and with the astronaut Terry. I think that's been setting out what what's already sort of in out there that people know. What so then when Lou and Sean follow that interview up with their own, they're comfortable with discussing various things because they'll think, oh, hang on, you know, and, and I think it's been a very sort of carefully planned strategy and, and this second gear phase that Lou alluded to uh, at the turn of the year is definitely in full flow now and we're feeling it now and it's, it's amazing. And, and yeah, I think it's just, it's just one of those, um, now you were, I think, I think when you look at what happened with uh, Lou's emails, there's just more and more to come. It's just, it's incredible. Yeah, Dan, what are you thinking on the back of that then? And you well, never I, got I to was, say much before about non-human <clears throat> intelligence. I Well, I was just going to ask uh, Barry if if he thinks that we, we're going to end up watching live hearings, kind of unraveling the, the history of this on, on TV. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean... It's got to be done, hasn't it? You know, I mean, there's so much history behind it and people have ignored it, haven't they? And we've got to get this this out there and, and hopefully it will sort of proliferate out into widestream media and no the wider mainstream media. It'd be brilliant. And it'd be great for people like us to talk to people we know and, and, and you know, in, in the press and stuff and, and people on Twitter and that and just tell them about, you know, the history of it all. It's, it's, it's fascinating, but there's been a huge cover-up as well, hasn't there? Yeah, absolutely. And and it's a, it's concerning as well because you, you think of it from an intelligence standpoint and, you know, we're, we're concentrated on this threat or no threat kind of, you know, question. Mm. Um mm when really what whatever is here has known about us for a long time and yeah. we've been ignoring them for a long time and it doesn't yeah. put us in a very favorable position um it's it's a huge intelligence failure no matter what this is yeah it's, it's it might be part i mean this is something 
that, that I think may be just part of the process anyway, some sort of denial. Um, you know, it's, it's something that maybe as a species that, that, that it's just, just part of our nature until, um, you know, sometimes evidence slaps, jumps up and slaps people in the face. They don't want to look, do they? You know, and especially something like this. But, yeah, I mean, it's something that's been here potentially a long time, like you say. Um and and maybe maybe it's been influencing things unbeknown to us. You know, it could it could have been walking amongst us unnoticed. If you go with the mankind sort of theory and you listen to um, contactees and abductees, you know, there's 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 the potential that they are, and they may be actually, as I say, they may may or be uh, manipulating the story in the background. We just don't know, do we? Barry, I want to ask you one more thing before I let you go and put you on the spot a little bit here. Where do you think we're going to be five years from now in this conversation? Well, I think I think we will. Uh, I think we should have at least confirmation that there is something, but I don't think we'll will. Well, I'll be very surprised in five years if we know exactly what it is. I think we still have a fight in our hands with the US government. But if if the language is being discussed is like non-human intelligence in, in official US governments, then maybe in five years' time we could be in contact with them because I know that they probably already are trying to uh, communicate with them via the by the army with rumours that you hear so we could be a lot further down it's just it just depends on 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 the US government setting, setting the lead for the rest of the world really I think brilliant listen Barry it's been lovely speaking with you thanks for hanging on as long as you did and no forward to speaking to you again next time okay yeah. mate alright lovely thanks a lot lads Take care. Thanks a lot. thank you Bye-bye. Consider time.